Great to see you this evening. Welcome to Oceans Unite Christian Center. Amen. And um, it's like 4th of July week, you know, so people, I tried to get someone to help me with something at the house and everybody's on vacation. You know, you can't get anybody to come till the Friday next week or something. Amen. And it's good to be with you and good to see so many of you here. I was convinced that everyone would be on vacation. So I'm glad to see so many of you came out this evening. Great to have you with us. You know, when we sing about that spirit and the bride that says, come, we are singing a prophetic event that will take place where the nations will come up for healing and for rest and to be fulfilled, to be filled by the Lord. It's like we don't just sing those words because they sound cute. We sing those words because it's a prophetic declaration. The thing is, is the church willing, is the church willing to do what is necessary to usher in the second coming of the Lord? Is the church willing to be that bride? Is the church willing to stand or day adorned, adorned with her garments? You know, a bride has garments that she wears before her wedding feast. We have to be prepared with garments. These garments have been prepared for us by the Lord. For you and I, the church, the body of Christ, here and all over the world, this is the wonderful thing about the Spirit. In the Spirit, we can be one. Doesn't matter where you are, in Iceland, in Greenland, in Africa, in Argentina, in Australia, in Colombia. There's a Colombian, ah, amen, you see. <laughs> a little bit of flair there, you know. But we can come together as the body of Christ. The thing is, is that there's always this problem that we have. And it's not a problem that's a new problem. It's a problem that comes from many, many, many hundreds and thousands of years ago that we cannot see and understand spiritual things. And only a few are able to see what God is wanting to do. The thing is, is it's a little different now in the New Testament to the Old Testament because in the Old Testament, God really did just select a few. Whereas in the New Testament, we all have access this is a privilege I'll teach you a little bit about tonight, that the prophets of old, they, they, were, they, they would be envious if they, if they could see what we see, what we know, what we understand, what we've been given. They, they only dreamed about these things, prophesied about these things. We always want to go back there. They wanted, they wanted to see what we see. You see, the cross was not the final event. The cross was the moment where everything changed to bring in this bride, who we are, you and I. So there must, must be more to us than meets the eye. There must be more to you. You didn't just get saved to go to church, as nice as church is. But you were born again to become a new person with destiny and purpose to fulfill the plan of God for your life. I don't know about you, but I'm excited to fulfill everything God has for my life. And I'll do everything in my power to see the same in your life. 
The problem is, is that so many, like in the days of Joshua and Caleb, only saw the giants. Well, pastor, you don't know about my problems. Well, pastor, you don't know how bad I am. Well, pastor, you don't, I can't do that, pastor. Oh, surely that's not, the Lord doesn't want to do that anymore. That's only for back then. All the problems. That's why so many Christians never enter into the promised land. They stay right at the Jordan, waiting to cross over into what God has for them, but never, ever takes the risk. And then you get the Joshua and Caleb's, those that look and are crazy enough to believe that God is able. That his words must be true. Because not one word that has come out of his mouth is not yes and amen. And will surely come to pass. I'm not even preaching yet. Let's get into the word. But it all will fit together, I hope. (laughs) I want to show you something this evening. When I was praying this week, the Lord gave me four words. He said to me, every knee must bow. Now we all know we've heard that so many times in scripture, but he said to me, every knee must bow. And I said, Lord, what do you want me to do with this? What are you trying to show me? I know every knee must bow one day, Lord. But there comes a point in our walks with God where everything in our lives must take a bow. Where everything that's attacking us, coming against us, we must get to a point in our walks with God where we say, listen, it's time for you to bow the knee. Not to me, not to us, but to him. Because when that knee bows, something happens, guys. Let me show you something. Let's go to the book of Isaiah 45, verse 18. This is so powerful. Oh, God's word is so powerful. Amen. Isaiah 45, 18 says, For thus says the Lord who created the heavens, who is God, who formed the earth and made it, who established it, who did not create it in vain, who formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is no other. Man, we could have revival right there in that verse, right there. He is the one who created the heavens. He's the one who formed the earth. He's the one who will establish it. And I want you to know that he did not create it in vain. Everything he has done and created has been created with purpose for purpose. There is none besides him. Verse 19, I have not spoken in secret in a dark place of the earth. I did not say to the seed of Jacob, seek me in vain. I, the Lord, speak righteousness. I declare things that are right. Come on, everybody say, what he says is right. It doesn't matter what some say. It matters what he says, because what he says is right. Well, you know, I don't want to do what, I don't want to, I want to do it my way. There's even a song. We want to do it our way, you know, a little bit out of key, but that's okay. The thing is, is that to enter into 
abundance, into fulfillment, into fulfillness as a person to be fulfilled. You have to do it His way. How can we tell the Creator who created us that we know a better way? We figured it out, Lord. We know what's right for us. Your way, eh. You who created us, who created the heavens and the earth, who created everything and not in vain. Your way, I don't know so much. If we try it our way, we will find out that we will enter into so much pain, heartache, brokenness. But when we do it His way, we still have to be in this world and go through the things of this world, but He's always there helping us through it. This week, we lost a member of our church, Richie, who is a, he's been a congregation member for so many years, and he passed away in his sleep. And his family, the Caruso's family, I just send my condolences. I've spoken to them. We're actually going to have a memorial service for them next week, for him next week. But I watched this man, how much he loved the Lord. And I speak to the family. And yes, the family is grieving, but they know where he's going. They know that he's going to be with the Lord, like there's no doubt. When you speak to someone who passes away that hasn't walked with God, that hasn't served the Lord, it's like, it's like the worst thing ever. But there's a difference for those who walk with him, who know him, who do things the way that he wants them to be done, the right way. Amen. He says in verse 20, assemble yourselves and come, draw near together. You who have escaped from the nations, they have no knowledge, who carry the wood of their carved image and pray to a God that cannot save. There is no one else, there is no other God, there is nothing else that can save you. And the biggest person that you need saving from is yourself. Tell and bring forth your case. Yes, let them take counsel together. Who has declared this from ancient time? Who has told it from that time? Have not I the Lord? And there is no other, other God besides me, a just God and a Savior. There is none besides me. There is no solution for all of life's problems. There is nothing else that can save you except the ancient of days, the one who was in the beginning. Listen, I love how God talks about himself here. It's so cool. Amen. He lets us know without any doubt. Listen, don't try and do it your way because your way is going to get you into trouble. But if you follow me, you have been separated from the nations. You have been consecrated to Him. He has a purpose and a plan for your life. Amen. He says that there is none besides me. Look to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. I have sworn by myself, by myself 
The word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return to me. Watch now. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall take an oath. This is God himself speaking through the prophet. And he wants you to know that, listen, he has set everything up for us. He has made a way of salvation. This is before Jesus even. And he says that, listen, the day will come where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. It's going to happen. Now let's go to the New Testament real quick. In the back, you're going to have to just jump around a little bit. Just hang with me. Let's go to Philippians 2 verse 5. That's now God. Now we're going to look at Philippians 2. This is where we've heard the the scripture, every knee shall bow. Some of you didn't know it was in the Old Testament. Well, now you know. Everything in the New Testament is tied to the Old Testament. Philippians 2, 5. In the amplified version, because I really want to dig in here. Let the same attitude and purpose of humble mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Let him be your example in humility who although being essentially one with God and in the form of God, possessing the fullness of the attributes which make God God, did not think this equal, e- equality with God was a thing to be eagerly grasped or retained, but stripped himself of all privileges and, and rightful dignities so as to assume the guise of a servant or a slave in that he became like men and was born of a human being. And after he had appeared in human form, he he abased and humbled himself still further and carried his, his obedience to the extreme of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, everybody say therefore. Because he stooped so low, God has highly exalted him and has freely bestowed on him the name that is above every name, that in, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, must bow, every knee shall, must bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue frankly and openly confess and acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter whether you like it or not. You might think you have a better way, but there is no other way. The day will come where your way will not matter because you will have to say, he is king. You will have to bow the knee so they can have a tantrum, they can throw a fit, They can call whatever they want. They can change laws. They can do whatever they like. Listen, the day will come where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The day will come. Jesus was given authority on the earth He came to the earth and he preached the message of the kingdom. I've taught you this. And he had great authority. But as I said to you earlier on today, the church must take her place 
You see, let me, let me explain something to you. In the book of Daniel, we read that Daniel was studying the prophets, Jeremiah and Isaiah. He was studying prophecy. He was studying the Word of God. And he had to do something because Israel was, was bound in Babylon. They were stuck in Babylon, but there were prophetic words that they would be in exile, that they would be released. But nothing was happening. But somebody decided that they were going to begin to pray, that they were going to begin to seek the Lord, that they were going to cry out to God according to His Word, that they were going to, He was going to, He made a decision to set Himself apart for 21 days, the Bible says. And we know the story that there was spiritual warfare that took place because the enemy greatly opposed what God was wanting to do. But God has chosen you and I, His people, to be His voice on the earth. So you have got something to do with when, he, with, with when He's coming. There must be a generation that says, Lord, I'm going to be that bride. I'm going to be that bride, Lord. I'm going to have the authority of the bride. I'm going to stand and worship you. I'm going to stand and honor you. I'm going to fulfill my destiny and my purpose, not as an individual, but corporately. There must be a church that ultimately will step into that. If you don't believe it, listen, you can go and sit in church, clap your hands, sing your songs, listen to the word, go home and carry on, friend. But not me. I know this is going to happen. So why be like the children of Israel that just decided to camp out at the Jordan when you can be a Joshua and a Caleb and take the promise? What has this got to do with the second coming? Everything. See, the problem is so many of you are so, oh, I don't want the Lord to come because I've got to first have babies and get married and do this and do that. I understand. I promise you when you get to heaven, you won't think about any of that. The Bible tells us that we should look for His coming. We should look forward to His coming. We should anticipate it. We should be eager for it. There is nothing here. When they get to the other side, they don't like, I need to go back. No, that doesn't happen. We have to change our minds. There is an enemy that wants to destroy this world so badly. Look at what's going on in our culture, guys. What so many Christians don't understand is that you and I have been given authority. And sometimes we've heard about it Sometimes we've read about it. Sometimes we sing about it. But where is it in your life? I truly believe that when God spoke to me and said to me, every knee shall bow, even tonight in this place, I believe with all of my heart that every knee will bow. In the natural and in the spirit. 
that means that every other being in the building will bow tonight. Oh, he's talking about demons again. That's right. That's exactly right. Yep. That's exactly right. That's exactly what I'm doing. You see, let me explain something to you. That you have been called to be a royal priesthood. This is so important that we understand that God has called you and I to be a royal priesthood, kings and priests unto our God. In the past, I've heard many teachings, I'm not saying they're bad or they're wrong or anything, but many times I've heard teachings how we are either priests or we are kings. You have to be both. You have to be a priest and a king. In fact, I'll go so far as to say, you will only enter into true kingship once you have first become a priest. Don't think naturally, think spiritually. Because the only place where there's anything eternal is in the realm of the spirit. So where you affect things in the spirit is what matters most. Abundance, I don't want to teach tomorrow's message. Abundance, true abundance is not how much you have. It's the way that you are living. So many people have millions of dollars but are never satisfied. They are not living in abundance. They are still desperate for more. But abundance is like with Jesus when he asked his disciples, did you lack anything? And they said to him, Lord, we lack nothing. That's abundance. Sorry, I spat on you. It's the spit zone. Maria used to sit in the spit zone. I spat on her so many times, poor Maria. (laughs) Amen. All right, let's get into into the word. All right. You see, 1 Peter 2 verse 9, let me read it to you. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Did you hear that? You are chosen. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. His own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You have been taken out of the world. Yes, you are still in the world. We still love the world. We're friends with the world. We minister to the world. We pray for the world. We cry for the world. We do all of that. We don't separate ourselves and be useless. And irrelevant. Are you with me? But you have been called out of darkness. You have been called into his light. And you are a royal priesthood. Revelation 1.6 says, And he made us kings and priests to his God and Father. Now watch. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Glory and dominion. Kings and priests. Everything that you are given belongs to Him. It is given to you to act on His behalf. Are you with me? So even your priesthood, when you become a priest, your ability to enter into priesthoodness, for lack of a better word, (laughs) 
is because he has made a way. Remember, the veil was torn. The most valuable thing you have as a Christian in your personal walk with God, everybody say personal walk, is the fact that you have access to the presence of God. You can begin to worship him and his presence can fill your room. You have access to, to the voice of God where he can speak to you from the inside because the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. It's awesome. You're a priest. But you've also been given dominion, so it's glory, which is the presence, but there's also dominion. That dominion is not yours. That dominion belongs to him, but has been given to you to exercise that authority. In other words, you are like his, he's like he's given you a, 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 a power of attorney to act on his behalf. When you sign, it's like he signs. When you speak, it's like he speaks. But understand one thing, that it all belongs to him. Amen. So first we are priests. Let's talk a little bit about that. First Peter 2 verse 5. You also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood. What does that mean? It means to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So one of the things we do before we even get to the part where we begin to exercise authority is we go to him and we spend time with him and we draw near to him. If you don't know how to do that, start in church. Come to church, get into worship, get into the word. Begin to just seek him, then start a little bit at home. Get into a cell group, get into a, a youth group, get into something with God and begin to draw nearer and nearer to him and bring sacrifices of praise and worship and bring offerings to him of yourself. All different things, praises, worship, Finances. I know you don't like to hear it, but you should. We should bring our offerings to him in every aspect of our lives. Romans 12, 1 says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices, as, as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. What service? Priestly service. That's your priestly service, to come before him, to present yourselves as a living sacrifice. You see, what you must understand is in order for the authority to work in your life, you first must be the sacrifice. You must first be in the priesthood. Because once the enemy sees that you have decided to consecrate yourself, to dedicate your life to him, even with your faults, because you have them, I know you do. Me too. Less than you, but I have some too. <laughs> what we have to do is we have to do that. We have to make that decision to serve him with our whole lives, to be that living sacrifice. And when that happens, then when you speak with authority, something happens. There is a response in the heavenly atmospheres. But you are also a king. You have been given authority. 
Revelation 5.10 says, and he made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. That's talking about you. Amen. Amen. As soon as we think of reigning, we think of money and castles and no. True riches are in the spirit. To look at someone that's broken and hurting and know what God is saying and speak a word that can change everything, that's true riches. To lay hands on the sick and they recover, that's true riches. To speak a word that can, can speak to somebody's heart that can change them, then they go back to their house or to their, to their business or to their school and they begin to speak the word of God because their lives have been so changed and people get saved. That's true riches. God will give you all the other stuff because he knows you need it. I want to show you something real quick when it comes to authority that you must fully grasp. You may have seen this before, but I need you to fully understand this tonight or try to understand it. And then I'm going to show you something that happened with Jesus. And then I believe God's going to shake this place tonight. Don't worry. If you're in the kingdom, you cannot be shaken. But all the stuff that isn't in the kingdom will shake out of you tonight. Amen? So just, just relax. Matthew 10, verse number one. And he called his 12 disciples to him. He gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases. So we know the 12 went out. We don't really hear too much about what happened with them. But then a little bit later on in Luke, in Luke 10, verse 17, then this, uh, Luke 10, verse one, I'm sorry. Luke 10, verse one. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Let me ask you a question. Who were the 70? Do you know their name? They weren't the 12 because he says 70 others. So this is not the 12. This is 70 others others, nameless, faceless, but they go out and obey his command, and watch what happens. Let's go to verse 17, Luke 10, verse 17. Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Listen, look at them. And they come back from preaching and all they can talk about is demons. <laughs> and he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Now watch. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. The word authority is the word exousia in the Greek, exousia. It means that you have the authority or you have the right over. So you have been given the right over or the authority, it says here, over all the power of the enemy, over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. The word power there in the Greek is the word dunamis, which speaks of miraculous power. 
So in other words, every miraculous or supernatural thing that you've ever seen in Hollywood, I want you to know that you have authority over it. Come on, somebody get excited. In other words, listen. In other words, fear has an enemy and his name is Jesus. In other words, depression has an enemy and his name is Jesus. In other words, every form of addiction has an enemy and his name is Jesus. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. We know that speaks of different kinds of spirits and over all the power of the enemy. And I love this. Come on, everybody say. (laughs) He says, and nothing. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. In other words, when you are pursuing the will of God, when you are going after the enemy, when you are desiring and deciding to be like Joshua and Caleb and not worry about the giants and not worry about what some say, but you have decided that, listen, every word in his book is true, yes and amen, and I'm gonna go for it, I'm gonna do it, Lord, as your word commands. You must know that nothing shall by any means harm you. Come on, somebody give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is nothing the enemy can have on you, in you, around you, that must not leave. If you understand who you are in Christ, first a priest, let me tell you something. If you want to really freak the devil out, Put on some serious worship music and begin to worship and begin to pray. And then just do it a little bit longer. And if you can pray in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit. Begin to pray. Begin to spend time with God. You will flip the devil upside down his head. He cannot handle it. You see, the 12 had been with him. The 70 had also been with him. Not like the 12, but they had been with him nonetheless. The question is, have you been with him? Because when you have been with him in your priestly service, he is with you in a different way. He's everywhere. We know that. But he doesn't manifest himself everywhere. But I know that he wants to manifest himself in your life. Man, yesterday, yesterday afternoon, I I got into my room and I closed the door and I I put on worship. Man, I tell you, it was a a, a song that just really has begun to speak to my heart recently. And I put it on and the presence of God just filled the whole house. Right? And I was worshiping and praying in the spirit and I was so amazed at how fast I was in the spirit. How quickly I was hearing from God and he was speaking to me and showing me things. It wasn't like, Alex, how are you today? It wasn't like that. 
God speaks to me in pictures. And I'm seeing things and, I, and I'm, I'm hearing things. When I say that, it's like I, I see the story that he's showing me and telling me. Well, where can you back that up with scripture? Listen, he said to the prophet Joel that they'll have visions and dreams. Come on, guys, wake up. This is that. This is what Peter said. Peter, why did you say that? You know, you shouldn't have said that because now we've got a problem. Now we have to really believe that God speaks in visions and dreams, that God speaks through prophecy. We have to actually believe that. Why did you do that, Peter? Don't get mad at me. It's the Bible. He's trying to teach us how God will speak. It's the voice of God in the New Testament. Joel Joel said it. Peter got up and declared it. This is that that was prophesied by the prophet Joel. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Visions and dreams. Come on, guys. So we know that because of this authority that we have been given, that that authority enables us to stand against anything in our own lives, but not only in our own lives, even for others on behalf of others to be able to stand and stand in the gap for them and the truth is you really can't lose (laughs) nothing can actually hurt you you have to think eternally the most important thing to me is not how long I'll live but how I'll die Where am I when I die? Am I running my race to the fullest? Because when I cross over, it'll be like I'm running still. And then I'll run right into those arms. Amen. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying, guys? Okay. Now, I want to show you what Jesus says. Watch this. It's so powerful. Luke 10, verse 20. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. So good. This is exactly what I've been trying to tell you, is that he's given you all of this, but ultimately this will get you to where you need to be. Nothing can harm you, no matter what, but you must run your race. You must go with everything inside of you to be a priest and to be a king unto our God. Don't allow the devil to set little traps for you. That's why I pray always, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Lord, because yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory. Yours is the dominion. Yours is the authority forever and forever. Come on. Now watch, they've come back, they've told Jesus that they cast out demons, and they're very excited. Jesus tells them, listen, don't rejoice in that, but I want you to see something, he's very happy. How do we know? Because the Bible tells us that in the next verse, in that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit. We don't see this very often in Scripture. Why? Because this is so important. Because you must understand that there are two kingdoms on this earth. 
the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. And the, the truth of the matter is, where are you in the mix? What are you busy getting up to when nobody's watching? Come on, somebody. This is not going at all like I planned. <laughs> he rejoiced in spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to babes. Who's the babes? The 70. The 70, we don't know their name. They weren't great scholars. They weren't the elite 12. They were babes. But when they went out and God used them, they were so excited that they came back and said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And then Jesus gets really excited. He wants them to understand that there's much more to it than just that. So don't be too excited about that. But then he goes and rejoices. Make sure you're not one of the wise and prudent. Too wise for your own good. Or should I say too wise for your own bad? Because the wisdom of this world is coming to nothing. Amen. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight... All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father, and who the Father is except the Son, and to whom, and, and to what, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. Then he turned to his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes which see the things you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see what you see and have not seen it, and to hear what you hear, and have not heard it. Do you understand, guys? We are part of this. If it's not being seen, if it's not being heard, then something is wrong. The worst tragedy for me is when I can see that God is moving, but there are people who can't see it because they become hard of heart, so they lose their sight and their ability to hear. And then they think there's something wrong with everybody else. Meanwhile, the problem is not around them, the problem's inside. Amen. Now, let's go to one more story. Have you got time for one more story? This is a short one. Matthew 8, verse 28. We all know the story well. And when he came to the other side, to the country of the Gergesenes, there met him two demon-possessed men coming out of the tombs, exceedingly fierce, so that no one could pass that way. Now watch this. And suddenly they cried out, 
saying, What have we to do with you, Jesus? You son of God, have you come to torment us before the time? Why is this important? They didn't know he was coming. Not like that. They were expecting, and I don't, I mean, I can't tell you exactly what they were thinking. You know what I mean? I wasn't there. But what I can tell you is they never expect that Jesus would come like this in authority as a man. And they said, what are you doing here? It's not the end yet. We're not ready to be tormented yet. And we know the story, Jesus cast them out. Right? You see, it's like that in the life of, lives of many Christians, never expecting the supernatural hand of God. Because they just don't believe it. It's possible. But I want you to know that tonight in this place, I believe with all of my heart that God is saying to you that if you surrender to him, every knee will bow. Just like in this little story. They had to surrender. It's not as they expected. It will not always be as you expect, guys. But I need you to understand that God's word is true. And that authority has been given to us to deal with the enemy of our soul. And if you walk as a priest and as a king unto him, you will see his hand manifest in your life like you have never expected or ever thought possible. But it has to be twofold. So the devil didn't know that Jesus would rock up like this. I love it. I want you to know something. He didn't know that when he crucified the Lord of glory, you would be given that same authority. Otherwise, he would never have done it. Because now he doesn't have one problem, he has many. Oh, I can theologically prove it so many ways. I just don't have the time tonight. So I'm not going to bother with that, okay? But that's the truth. The only one who needs to believe it now is you. And so I believe that the Lord spoke to me this week prophetically for you so that you would know that there are things maybe in your life that it's time for them to bow. But before anything in your life can bow, you first have to bow. So let's close our eyes for just a moment. So just play a little bit before we pray. 
Just open your heart to him this evening. Father, tonight in this place, not by might, not by power, but by your spirit, we take a hold of your word, which is our authority, which is our truth. And we choose, Lord, like Isaiah prophesied, right from your mouth, that we desire to do it the right way. We desire to do it your way, Lord. So tonight in this place, we make a decree to you. Not my will, but your will be done. Father, you've done everything because you knew we would not be able to be perfect, that we would make mistakes. So you made a way where there seemed to be no way, that even where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. You've shown that throughout Scripture. That doesn't mean we should follow the examples of those that made mistakes, but you've shown how merciful and gracious you are. So tonight in this place, not because of anything we have done, but because of everything you have done, we stand on your word. Father, I pray that everyone in this building and those watching online, that tonight, Father, we would take a hold of your truth, that we would make a decision to follow after you, God, to follow your ways, to follow your your statutes, your, your plans and purposes for our life, Father. Lord, I pray in the name that is above every name, in Jesus' name, tonight, Lord, that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of all that He is the Son of the Most High God. You are our God, and we honor You tonight, Father, in Jesus' precious name, in the name of Your Son, we honor You. And I pray tonight, Lord, that everything that exalts itself against You or against the knowledge of God must come down and come down from a high place to a low place. Father, that every spirit in this place that may not have thought tonight's the night, tonight's the night. I speak right now. I take authority over every tormenting spirit, over every spirit of fear and depression in the name of Jesus. I charge you now in the name of Jesus and command you to let the people go now in Jesus' name. Father, I pray under the sound of my voice that every person that desires, Lord, to draw near to you, that desires to walk as a priest and a king unto their God, that you would draw them to yourself tonight, Lord. And Lord, that every person that makes a decision to bow down to you tonight, that you would hear them, Father, and that you would answer them, Lord. For surely, as Jesus stood on that day and declared, I saw Satan fall like light from heaven. 
Father, so it is even now that we have been seated with Christ far above principalities and powers and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And Father, we stand clothed in the full armor of God and take authority over every strategy, plan, principality and power that comes against our lives in Jesus' name. I pray right now for every person under the sound of my voice, Lord, that you would touch them and that you would draw them. For many suffer, God, with addictions, with depression, with fear, with all kinds of things that hold them back, Father. Even the lusts of the flesh that sometimes pull so strong, I ask God tonight that we would decide to bow to you in that area. That we would choose your way. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come and fill this place now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you are here. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. If the Lord is speaking to you, just surrender to Him right now where you are. If this word has spoken to your heart, just surrender to Him right now. First bow, and he will answer. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you are one of those people that say, Pastor Alex, that's me. There are things in my life that I know tonight need to bow so they can go out of my life. If that's you, quickly raise your hand up so I can pray for you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Amen. If you raise your hand, quickly come to the front. Don't be afraid. Come quickly. Amen. Let's give them a big clap. Amen. you free right now. In the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Now in Jesus' name. There it is. In the name of Jesus. Be free now. Amen, Andy. Amen. Father, just touch him tonight.
Lord a clap. Amen. 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 I think we need to sing that song. You know which one I'm talking about? I do. Do you? I think so. You'll never know if you were right or wrong. This might be the only time, but I think I know. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs>
so Father, tonight we love you so much and we are so grateful for what you have done in this place. I pray, Lord, tonight that every heart, every person will make a decision to bow now, Father, so that we can serve you for the rest of our lives, following you with our whole hearts in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you that your power is present tonight to heal, to touch, to deliver, to set free. And we give you all the glory and honor and praise for it in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for what you have done so far this evening. And we ask, Lord, that whatever else it is that you desire to do, that you do it, you would do it. And we will always give you the honor, the praise, and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Sit down for a minute quickly. Amen. If there's anybody that needs physical healing in their body, we're going we're gonna to pray for you. I want to ask you to come up because I just want to respond to even just the song. Nothing, you, there is nothing that God cannot do. Amen? So let's, if there's something that you need in your physical body, come up quickly, please. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. My leaders, please, my leaders to come. You're going to minister with me now. In Jesus' name. I'm going to pray corporately over them, and then I'm going to ask my leaders to begin to minister to each and every one. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that you are our healer, that by his stripes, were healed. Father, I pray in Jesus' name, we stand on your word tonight, and we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come right now, and that there would be power present to heal these needs, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, not by might, not by power, but by your Spirit. I release healing now, Father, in the name of Jesus, and we give you thanks for it in Jesus' name. Now, let's begin to pray in Jesus' name. Now, in Jesus' name, touch your Lord. In Jesus' name, now, now, in Jesus' name. <clears throat> to minister, I want the leaders to pray. Come to the front and begin to pray for the people.
once you have been prayed for, if you can go back to your seat, that'd be great. Thank you. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you so much for this couple that has served in this house, Lord. Father, I thank you for their faithfulness. I thank you for their service. I thank you for their hearts towards you, God. Not perfect, but always there seeking after you, desiring more of you, Father. So tonight, in the name of Jesus, I pray, God, that you will bless them. I pray against every strategy and plan of the enemy against you, even in your body. I command sickness to go now in Jesus' name. Father, I pray a contradiction to every suggestion that the enemy has brought, even in his mind. Every evil word, every negative word, I come against it now in the name of Jesus. And I speak life. I speak healing. I, Father, pray that, Lord, that you will cause the two of them to come together and run for you like never before. I pray, God, that you will bring them together, Lord, and use them for your glory. Lord, that this will be the time, this will be the season, the hour, where they will serve you together like never before. And even things that have been broken in the past will now begin to come together. Things will begin to come together that were broken before. Now suddenly they will begin to come together. And as they begin to come together in the natural, so it will also be in the spiritual and even in your physical body. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I come against every curse and I break it now in Jesus' name. I pray, Father, that you touch him. Touch him, Father. 
touch her father tonight in Jesus' name. Lord, let them run together for years and years and years and years. I see them in the future. And I thank you, Father, that it will be so. I thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, that you will use him and that you will use her, Father. I thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Every curse is broken and lifted now in Jesus' name. Follow, follow, Lord. I come against fear. I cast it out in Jesus' name. Right now, in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Now, Father, just fill him up. Fill him up, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Right now. Fill him, Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. So, Father, tonight we thank you once again for everything that you have done. Lord, I pray that people would leave here not the same, but that their lives would be transformed and changed, that you would draw us closer to you, Father. Lord, we honor you. We love you. We worship you. We desire to follow you and walk with you all the days of our lives. All of the glory, all of the honor, and all of the praise belongs to you. But we thank you, Father, that you loved us and that you chose us for such a time as this. In the name of Jesus, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful night. Thank you for coming, and we will see you tomorrow. Amen.